You smell that, Rich? It smells like singed gorilla fur and burnt out buildings in the heart of Chicago. I wonder what the rock's cooking up in Rampage. Once again, this is Geek Bites. Uh, I'm Stuart and I'm joined, as always, by my comrade in arms, Rich. How are you doing, Rich? Oh, you know what, man? I always love the smell of singed gorilla fur in the morning. It smells like, well, maybe not victory, but it smells like summer. You know me. I like a yeah. bit of barbecue. Exactly. I mean, I mean, gorillas. I mean, I don't know about you know what UNICEF or no, not UNICEF. <laughs> WWE. No, that's The Rock as well, isn't it? I don't know. It's, it's, it's also it's WWE and uh, it's it's The Rock and uh, no, they were WWF, weren't they? WWF. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's then, quite meta, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. And then WWF, the wrestlers had to change it to WWE. I mean, that was quite surprising because I thought if anyone would have lost that trademark battle, it would be the wildlife charity against the might of um. What's his name? John Cena and all that lot. But but yeah. I suppose, like, you know, the lawmakers in America, well, I was going to say they will think rationally and think wildlife preservation is more important than wrestling, but then it's America, so who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. when, I was in, when I was in the Cubs, there was a badge for wildlife preservation or whatever, and of course it had WWF on it, and obviously everyone wanted that because it was the WWF one, but then it got changed to WWE, and that um... was that. How did you bring it? How did you bring it in? Like, how did you get that badge? Did, did you? Oh, have to I can't of... remember. You had to visit the zoo or something and uh, learn about endangered species. I don't know. Yeah, it was a lot, long time ago. Loads, <laughs> loads of kids just bringing random animals in. Like, look, I've preserved it. Look. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Uh, have you fed it? No. Have you watered it? No. But he looks all right, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, but. <laughs> No, in our movie this week, The Rock's doing a much better job of wildlife preservation. Uh, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, he 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 does well with a duff hand. <laughs> yeah, it depends what sort of wildlife he's preserving. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I suppose I kind of alluded to it in the intro. But we're, this week we're discussing Rampage, the um, epic summer blockbuster type thing uh, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, this is all about some sort of mutated creatures attacking Chicago, and as always, the Rock's there to sort them out. I don't know. As always, I mean, he's there to sort lots of things out. But yeah, um, I mean, he kind of plays the same character in every film, so which is it's all good. It's all good. Did you? Obviously, it's, it's based on a computer game as well. Rampage. Did you ever play the computer game? Oh really? I, I mean, it was that the one to fight him, the, the, the beat him up one. Uh, I think it's more basically you. Um, controller gorilla and it's i mean i think it's loosely based on it <laughs> oh, i'm not too sure it's got i've never played it i'm not too sure it's got much more in common except in the game you're controlling the massive monsters smashing up the city um, yeah i'm just looking at the pictures now and you know, you've got you've got the mutated crocodile you've got mutated wolf and the mutated gorilla there you so, go that's that's <laughs> trippy i didn't even know that i mean now that now that you've explained it the film makes so much more sense um <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure. that's, that's good usually my explanations confuse you more <laughs> yeah in this one it's just like right it was a computer game movie right this makes so much i mean to be fair on the scale of computer game movies this one was quite good but that doesn't really say much um no. <laughs> yeah oh um did you have a um one line review or whatever it is a short review yeah i did um it is so essentially um I've just got to find it now. Did I have it written down somewhere? Um, so yeah, Godzilla meets King Kong meets The Rock. There's only ever going to be one winner. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, that's not really a review, it's more synopsis slash description. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was my thought. I, I felt like I was going a bit poetic. It's almost yeah. a haiku. Almost that's, a haiku. It's almost a haiku review. You didn't like exactly. plagiarise that from that's anyone. Chris. No, no, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if Chris has watched this film. I've not seen it pop up on haiku reviews, so yeah. Uh, or maybe after hearing our wise words, <laughs> he'll decide works. he'll make a decision. Uh, <laughs> but no, that sounded like kind of like one of my previous, you know, like my sort of thing, where it's kind of less about ethereal thinking stuff and more about just blatantly says what it is on the tin. Um, <laughs> um, my one is Cronenberg handed to Mighty Joe Young reboot after his ideas for Godzilla deemed too small scale. Wow, yeah, you, you put a lot more thought into it than I did. Yeah. <laughs> But, but we're both tipping on similar themes. We mentioned gorillas, yes. we mentioned Godzilla, and uh, you know Cronenberg was the whole random mutations going on thing. Um, yeah, uh, what's your ov- overall thoughts? Uh, um, I mean, look, it's, 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 this is probably so far. This is probably the popcorniest film we've reviewed on this on this series. Um, yeah, I kind of went in expecting it to be. A certain way and it was exactly how i expected it to be um there wasn't too much he just kind of sat back and let the action wash over you there was a little bit of um you know interest in sci-fi and stuff you know the first the first scene in the um space station was pretty cool i uh, will touch on that in a bit i'm sure but um yeah yeah over over i mean look cards on the table i've, n- I've never been a massive fan of these kind of like giant monster godzilla slash king kong films or mothman or whatever mothra um so i was kind of going into it a bit like ah, okay let's just let's just let it wash over me um and i'll uh, judge it with open minds um it's not really made me want to watch more go back and watch more of those old school films uh, i don't know if i don't know if it's made you want to do that um but you know i think you you had a charismatic cast you had obviously the rock um and you know the rest of the cast were good as well um and uh yeah it was enjoyable i think i mentioned to you earlier in the week i, I kind of watched it in two goes um i started watching it far too late one night and i was just uh i just realized i wasn't paying it close enough attention after about 20 minutes uh so i pressed pause came back to it the next day um and yeah finished watching it. and yeah it was enjoyable it exceeded my expectations um i was expecting uh i didn't expect much and it was in, an enjoyable watch spectacular <laughs> yeah it was a spectacle yeah i mean that's the thing i think I, I mean, yeah, hands up. I was the one that suggested this film as a palate cleanser from the overly cranial <laughs> things they've done recently. Um, and I thought, you know, it would be nice to just try something a bit popcorn, a bit sort of big sort of event movie, as it were, um, yeah. just to sort of see what it's like. And, you know, our, our wheelhouse is kind of sci-fi and, you know, stuff like that. And it has sci-fi fantastical elements in it. So I thought, yeah, we, let's give this a go. Um, you know, overall, like you said, it's Ron Seal. It does what it says on the tin. It's kind of fun nonsense, um, and yeah, it did exactly what you expected from the trailer, really. So you can't really fault it in that regard. Like, yeah. you know, you, you know, if a, a film's got the rock in it, it's not going to take itself too seriously. Um, and if it's got giant CGI monsters smashing up Chicago, it's not going to take itself too seriously. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it did did what I asked of it, and it was entertaining. It was fun. Um, would I watch it again? Probably not. Um, but I enjoyed it the first time round, and I think that's you know that says a lot. And uh, I didn't have, to, and like the fact that you're like I didn't give it the concentration it deserved. Did you really need to con- you know concentrate on this film? Like usually I'm the 
I'm the one that sort of sits and I say, like, oh, I've got to watch every moment just in case I miss something, like I did with that last week's one where I didn't know what was going on. Um, <laughs> but, but with this, it's like you look away, you come back, oh, yeah, there's a giant wolf now. Oh, the giant wolf's got spikes. Okay. And you look away again. Oh, look, they're, you know, they're flying a helicopter. Okay, that's fair. And, you know, you just, you don't really have to follow it because it's an action film where just stuff happens and it's kind of, you know, loosely, you know, strung together. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's good that you gave it the attention it deserved in order to review it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't watch it again either. I very, to be honest, I very rarely watch films twice these days. I remember growing up, my dad, my dad said that he said I would never watch a film twice. He's got time to watch films all the once. So I thought, oh, you know, is that really the case? But then once you're an adult, you, you kind of realise how true that is. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you're like, I'll, I'll never be that busy. Like, I won't be able to watch Back to the Future again. Yeah, exactly. Like so, and funnily enough, I did watch some of that the other day. Because I was saying to you, wasn't I? Uh, Nicholas and I watched some of it. Uh, Nicholas being obviously less than one years old. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so you have to watch it again when he can actually pay attention to what's going on. So, yeah. So yeah, you, you're just going to use Nicholas as the excuse to watch films again now. Um, yeah, I think that's... Uh, yeah. It, it, it makes it all worth it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I I completely agree that I just don't have to chance. I don't have the time to sort of watch things more than once. Even though I would like to, um, you know, to be fair, I don't have time to watch things once these days. So watching it more than once is a you know a, a lot to ask. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I don't know. I, I mean, what are your thoughts about you know, well, the characterization in this movie? Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of um ple- pleasantly surprising um cameos by people. Um, obviously, uh, Joe Manganiello, uh, better known to some of us uh, as um, what's his name in Arrow, Slade Wilson. He uh, was in it. Yeah. Who was he then? Um, he was the uh, mercenary who died in the helicopter pretty early doors. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah. I thought he looked familiar, but I, I suppose because he's. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. No, that's really. I suppose he looks diff. No, he's Deathstroke in the movies, not in the Arrowverse. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I didn't recognise him. But um, yeah, yes. it's yes. yeah. Sorry, I'm, I know my Deathstrokes. Um, yeah. No, yeah, that was my bad. I confused things. That's They're not a euphemism. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, he was good. Obviously, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um. Always good to see Negan pop up and kind of as a good guy in this one. Like, to yeah. be honest with you, I didn't entirely follow what his role was in the film. There was, I felt like in this film a lot of the plot, they did attempt to put a plot in it, but I didn't really care enough to try and follow it. Like, I didn't, couldn't quite figure out if Jeffrey Dean Morgan was a goodie or a baddie. Uh, the actual baddies who are actually driving the mutations and stuff, I, I kind of gave up trying to follow what they were doing at all. And they were both just a bit weird. Were they brother and sister or something? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's the gist I got. But yeah, it's, it was a very cartoony thing. It's kind of just a bunch of set pieces st- sort of strung together with like very one-dimensional and shallow characterization. Like no one really had any depth to them, I don't think. Even, I mean, it, I mean not even The Rock, I mean, but you, you'd expect something in a leading character. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the villains were just wooden. They were just kind of like, I don't know, just... Yeah, it's just a bit nothing. Like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll just lead them to our building in the middle of Chicago. We'll let the army kill them. Oh, no, the army can't kill them. We're just going to fly away with the only thing that can stop them. 
you know, it's just like, where is the logic in any of that sort of thing? And, you know, they get these mercenaries. I mean, I did like the fact these mercenaries were sort of brought in. And the way they presented them was like, oh, there's big badasses, you know, they're the, you know, RPMC company that we've got under the farm. And it was, they were portrayed as the human antagonists for the film. And like, oh, right, they're going to take out the wolf, and they're going to go after George, the gorilla. Uh, and then, like, within five minutes, the wolf had butchered them all. And it's just like, oh, that's clever. That's kind of a subverted my expectations a bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether you noticed, but right at the beginning, they had this sort of scene where they were walking into the jungle and looking at the gorillas, and there was some banter between a bunch of scientists. And I was like, dear God, I hope we don't follow this lot through the film because it's yeah. so boring. Uh, yeah, that was. I mean, that was just kind of setting up uh, Dwayne Johnson's character, wasn't it? Uh, really, just kind of showing. Yeah, he's a wildlife expert with a heart, and he's he's respectful to women, but he he likes animals more than people, and all that. It was all, all yeah. very tropey, wasn't it? And um, his relationship with George as well. Like, oh, I say you, George, and me and George have bants, and we do like fist bump and thumbs yeah. up and swearing at each other and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. to, I mean, to be fair, one. I mean, George had more characterization than most of the humans in it. Um, which is quite interesting, but I felt it was quite inconsistent. So, you know, right at the beginning, you like they'd have conversations, you know, like, well, her, her. and then, you know, okay, he's in pain and he's kind of, you know, mutating and he doesn't know what's happening to him, but still you'd expect him to be able to communicate something to the rock. So it's like he has this lucid moment, then he's like raging and raging for most of the film, and then there's the lucid bit at the end, and it's just like, well, uh, you know, it would have been nice to see a bit of George in between, like, you know, on the plane, you know. Oh, no worries. Like on the plane, I'm sorry, I'm killing people. You know, there's none of that sort of thing. So, I mean, maybe the, the noise was driving him to such a rage or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, Naomi Harris, who played like these sort of female scientists. Sorry, just just on George a bit more. I mean, I, I was really um, I, I thought that special effects were really good. They get. I think part of what you mentioned about his really good characterization was um, how. Uh, the special effects made him made his facial expressions really good and like it really felt believable as like he uh, at the one time he seemed to be making really good gorilla style expressions and stuff um like i don't know if you've ever seen like any of these videos of like gorillas communicating or even orangutans or whatever oh, um no. but yeah yeah he was um he definitely he definitely captured that pretty well um in terms of um kind of replicating those expressions um at one point with the jaw well throughout with george i was like that seems like them sort of mannerisms seem like the rock as well i'm like is was it the, the rock mo-capping george but then i went to google it it wasn't but i would that would have been quite cool if he was like playing to both characters um yeah, I, it would be absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think i mean i don't know how realistic that is in terms of can i mean obviously gorillas, uh, the gorillas can learn sign language um that's a scientific fact um but in terms of like getting humor and stuff i'm not too sure about that i mean and this was kind of before uh, george got hit with this mutation or whatever which uh, i couldn't which kind of obviously turned him mad and in pain and stuff i wasn't sure if it actually was supposed to give him greater intelligence as well um but yeah he was obviously just a very super intelligent animal in the first place so slightly slightly beyond reality in that respect i think um but you know it gave a good bit of humor and stuff to it um yeah. i mean you know you the george is making sex jokes at the end that's probably a bit yeah. <laughs> a bit unbelievable but uh, i'm playing i'm playing dead as well um, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was just yeah but it, it was i think if it wasn't I, I think what i liked was the relationship between him and uh the rock so when it was kind of like you know uh, we we lost that it was kind of like come on you know you want to see them talk you want to see the banter i mean i would have much preferred the rock and george going to fight the things together with george being 
conscious the whole time rather than unlike he just goes dark a little bit rather than it being most of the film George is evil uh, yeah. or not evil but you know uh, antagonist sort of thing um, but yeah you mentioned Jeffrey Dean Morgan earlier um, I did like the character I mean to be fair most of the, part of the reason why I wanted to watch this was back in the day when it was advertised um, my partner likes Jeffrey Dean Morgan and I think she likes to rock but she says she doesn't um, so I'm just like look it's two for one you know let's watch this film <laughs> And uh, so anyway, when he turns up and he's basically this, you know, um, when science messes up the bed, we're the guys who clean it up. Um, yeah. And then, you know, he's the other government agency that no one really knows about. I really liked that sort of mystique and I liked that proposition. Science messes up, we're the ones who clean it up. I'm like, I would love to see a series of films about this team or a TV show about this team who just goes, you know, like the X-Files, but a more pimped militaristic version of. Right, dear God, something weird's happening. Let's cover yeah, it up. Yeah, actual backup as well, because X Files were, were like stuck in the basement, weren't they? Whereas he's actually obviously got some actual funding wow. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird that he's kind of you know his original team were mullered, and then after that he basically had no one to help him, or, you know, no no power of the military or whatever. But I mean, power enough to be in the room, but not have any say in what was going on. Um, but yeah, what another thing I liked was the fact that they kind of you know like usually. Um, you know, like in Buffy, I don't know if you ever watched a Buffy, but they had like the initiative or whatever where they would drug the monsters and stuff, or you know, yeah. all these ones where it's always didn't really manage to avoid that, but yeah. Yeah, but it's always a government agency and they do something uh, and then the heroes are smarter than them and they're like, Well, you can't do that because then it'll you know, the monkey will escape or whatever. In this he was like, No, we know that he's gonna grow at this rate, so we've given him enough tranquilizers to sleep all the way through and it's gonna yes, he's not incompetent. You know, he's not bad at his job. The only reason that George actually woke up was the signal that they couldn't have anticipated. Otherwise, they would have just had a nice sleep. Yeah, he, yeah. He'd have so it's, it was kind of nice to show that this team isn't a bunch of yahoos and he's not such an idiot. I mean, what was interesting about yeah, that scene? Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting about that scene, though, is like, you know, The Rock watches all these poor little Air Force men getting ripped, their, ripped to shreds and eaten and thrown and smashed and whatever. But he feels the need to save Jeffrey Dean Morgan, probably because he's the only named character in that plane. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, that was where it was kind of like a bit cartoony. Again, it's kind of like, you know, all these underlings get murdered, but the leader stays alive. Um, but yeah, I suppose you can let it go because it's quite fun. Um, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, good to see. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, and it's it's very much a trope that kind of like government agencies never know what's going on. And yeah, like you say, with Buffy, etc. It's always it's always somehow a bunch of high school kids can always outwit them or outthink them. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It was it was good to see the system working as such. Um, uh, maybe that's maybe that's because you know in America very much a uh, control society as opposed to investment society. They they're less trusting of the government. Um, they they kind of think the government's a waste of money or the government services are a waste of money um but yeah in this one it's kind of good to see that yeah flip flip the trope on its head in a exactly. way so there was but, a lot of that flip-flopping sort of thing um yeah i mean uh, but the only reason that george did wake up was because the bad guys for some unknown reason somehow genetically engineered a homing sequence into these things and lured them to the building so all of that yeah, sounds a bit silly what were they trying to do there was i mean they were developing weapons, weren't they? That was that was the was, point. Yeah, weaponized DNA that they were going to sell to yeah. people, and they needed to get the goo from the that DNA from the animals in order to recreate it because the only sample they had was on the space station that crash landed at the beginning. But yeah, so they're like, oh, let's lure them in and then let um, you know the army kill them. 
you know, if you know that the army is going to not going to be able to kill them, why not give the army some advice? You know, or I don't know. It's just, it just seemed a bit weird that like, oh, let lure them in, let them kill them, and then we'll be able to go in there with our petri dish and get some. How exactly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, army not going to lock it down tighter than anything you'd think. Or... Yeah, so their motivations yeah. were totally rubbish, uh, and and just their characterization was rubbish. So it's kind of like, you know, they were just unnecessary characters to be in the thing. But they were very much like this sort of, I don't know, internet trendy CEO sort of heartless corporate type. That was all they were, really, yeah. wasn't it? It's obviously so, corporate, corporate and internet companies. They're all bad and evil and stuff. Uh, yeah, according, exactly. to, according to script writers in Hollywood who grew up in the 80s. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. I see. That's the thing. I think it's, it's the thing about films in Hollywood. You've got to you've got to realise that, you know, sorry, well, you've the thing is writers and directors are always about 30 years behind the zeitgeist because they're always thinking about how the world was when they were growing up. But by the time they've actually got into a director's chair, um, times have moved on. Uh, so obviously 80s, greed is good and all that. Uh, or the 90s, you know, it's the, in the ascendancy, money, banking, etc. That's why they think corporations are evil. Um, we'll probably move on to that in another 10 years. You know, what did the, no- what did the noughties represent? Uh, I suppose maybe maybe we'll get a lot more stuff coloured by the war on terror and stuff. Uh, yeah, Fortnite. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It'll all be pandemic stuff, won't it? Or, and social distancing. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be weird to see the shape of entertainment after all this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. God, how, how do we get onto that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I told you I was going to find some cerebral <laughs> talking points stuck in this. I mean, or no, I mean, you say that. I mean, the whole, you know, you mentioned like government agencies are bad and people don't trust them or whatever. Like, it's the same with the military. Like, how come, how many films is it where the military are willing to nuke a, a Brit, uh, American city? It's kind of that just seems to be a common trope as well. And in this, so like, you know, we're not even going to listen to the animal expert or the, you know, Jeffrey D. Morgan's character. We're just going to nuke him. You know, sod it. We're, we're going we're gonna to issue an evacuate order for the whole of Chicago and we're just going to assume it, it's worked and everyone's gone and we're not going to know anyone's there until some random zoologist says oh, there's actually still people there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you don't have people on the ground paying attention to these things um i don't know and it's just you know also like late like right at the end and spoilers i mean we've spoiled the rest of it but still you know when george is kind of reawakened and he becomes a nice animal again you know mm. uh, he helps the rock kill them by basically what's it uh, one of the animals rips another animal's head off, which is quite interesting. And then he manages to spear one through the eye with a pole. It's just like, so blunt force can kill these things, but not bombs, not bullets, not missiles. It's like if you shoot the missile at the thing's eye, surely you'll blow its brain up. You know, if the bomb yeah. hits it, like George didn't have scales, didn't have armor. And yet he managed to survive a direct like bomb drop, a missile drop, and God knows what. So it's like, how did he manage to shrug that off? Yeah, it'd just be like iron skin. I mean, I'm replaying the game Bioshock at the moment, which is actually quite similar because it's all about genetic modifications. Um, you kind of choose your weapons and stuff, or choose, and you can choose your passive abilities by going to a um, first by first by um ingesting DNA from dead corpses of drug users. We won't go into that. Yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, and then you basically take it to a shop and trade that DNA in for new. Uh, tonics and yeah some of it's armored skin and stuff so yeah which is hard to know it's possible using gene editing according to a computer game i once played so yeah it must be must be possible 
But what about iron fur then? Is that because his fur was all there? He, otherwise, he'd be running around butt naked. Oh, there you so, go then. Yeah, it's, it's just hot, super hard, super hard fur. Yeah, because that's another thing. The, the guy, the baddies were like, oh, yeah, we've got a bit of this. Oh, no, and at night, um, Naomi Harris's character's always oh, obviously got some of the bat genes and the thingy genes and the <laughs> shark genes. And, you know, oh, yeah, sharks don't stop growing. So, yeah, let's just throw some of that in there and let's keep him growing. And it's kind of like, you know, it, it just seemed like it was a bit of a do sex, no, not do sex machine. It's kind of a uh pattern oh it basically um it basically just did whatever the writers wanted it to do like oh you want you want yeah, the yeah. thing to grow scales yep okay you want the thing to like, perhaps grow back a limb yeah okay it can do that you want the thing to, to swell to 300 times the size yeah yeah fine um and but how comes george yeah. didn't grow scales how comes george didn't start breathing fire or bloody you know stuff like that or fly or something it's kind of like you know what i found weird about this was like the two other animals proper mutated beyond recognition whereas george was just a big gorilla and do you think that was a bit because he had free will and he was kind of like liked humans originally so it's kind of like he was fighting it now maybe the others were like oh if only i could shoot flames out my mouth then i'd kill more of these things or if only i could fly then i could evade that thing and then that's what triggered a mutation now how comes the mutations and the evolutions only happened based on the threats that they were facing and how comes george's didn't go beyond just on the gorilla well so so i suppose so may could we could we hand wave this by saying gorillas are closest to humans so his um his mutations would focus on his more natural uh natural strengths and you know for humans obviously our our brains our mentality is our greatest evolutionary advantage so maybe the gorilla being close to that he still gets some of the physical mutations but a lot of it's focused on his brain and his mental side but he didn't necessarily get that much cleverer i don't know i suppose how we would answer that question is what would happen if the mutation had been applied to a human would the human turn into just like an amazing psychic thing or would a human like turn into like a massive ogre or whatever i don't know i don't know unanswered questions (laughs) But they had the perfect opportunity to answer that because you know the, the bit, the, the bit in the uh, science lab where the rock gets shot and you're like, oh no, he's dead. You know, I was like, yeah. he he could have just grabbed the serum, injected it himself, and then he could have come back using that, maybe been a bit pimped, and then it gave Naomi Harris's character more agency to kind of come up with a cure or come up with some sort of solution, or just yeah. get that sort of antibody serum or the thing that stops him from growing. I mean, yeah, it, it just seemed like that was a missed opportunity, really. It's like, oh, no, we've shot him. And then five minutes say, oh, no, it's fine. It's just a flesh wound. And I'll just kind of a little punch up with a giant monster and shoot it with a giant gun. And I'll be fine. I'll just keep running. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That was a bit of a wasted opportunity. And also the fact that her character's whole point in being there was the fact that she can make a cure. And then they realise we can't make a cure. There's already a cure here. And he can have missed it by throwing it in its mouth anyway. And it's just like, well, why are you here then? You know, she's just an exposition dump then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And well, funnily enough, did did you know she's going to be in the next Venom film? Venom, obviously, being one of the first films we did on this uh, podcast. Oh, really? Who's she going to yes. be? Shriek. Oh, that's one of Venom's. I'm, I'm, assume, I'm assuming that's not Shriek from Saved by the Bell. I mean, that would be a good mix-up, mash-up. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, she'll be better better used in that, I think, than in this film. I mean, she was still good in this film, but it wasn't just. Just wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, yeah, but that's the same for most of them, isn't it? <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just thinking what else we have to discuss. 
I'll I'll mention the um, I'm briefly mentioned the space station scene earlier. Uh, that was probably one of my most interesting scenes. I kind of was my interest was very much peaked in this film at that point, and it kind of didn't quite reach those heights again. Because um, obviously the whole concept of doing scientific experiments, particularly biological ones, on a space station is like the ultimate firewall. Yeah. Um, your there was there was um the film Life, which was um. Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Sook and I reviewed it on Geek Soup back in the day, um, and that was kind of that was kind of like the first scene of this film, stretched out to entire an entire film. Oh, okay, yeah. so it's like a prequel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, except the uh, it wasn't a mutated rat; it was just an alien. Um, but that was quite good, and that explained the whole concept of oh, you know, the first line of defense is keeping this creature in a room on the space station second line of defense is keeping it away from the crew on the space station the third line of defense is literally blowing up the space station and that's why you do these um these experiments out in on a space station uh, are we doing these experiments in real life you know i'm sure there's some conspiracy theorists who would say we are um you know what are the russians up to on the international space station uh, etc uh, i'm sure elon elon musk will find out now that he's sending ships up there so, so, so you're saying Area 51 is actually on a space station? Um, yeah, probably not the International Space Station. Probably we've got our own ones. Or you know, there's there's the um there's a secret Nazi base on the moon as well. All that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. they can be doing their experiments there. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I, it it kind of it all works up until a point when your boss says, "No, bring it back, otherwise we're not going to let you escape." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he says, "Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's fine." I mean, you'd have it in a non in a box that doesn't survive re-entry really wouldn't you you'd have it in some sort of thing that burns up um, and yeah. protects humanity um yeah. I mean, so, yeah, that, that was the problem they the fact that the corporate baddies were like no we have to have it back on earth because otherwise we've wasted all our money and you have to bring it back and somehow yeah. it up into three parts so, yeah i don't know yeah but also it's kind of like what i found a bit disappointing was like why was it only affect one wall from one gorilla and one thingy you know, I mean, I, I had visions at one point, like early on, before I remembered the trailers, of like, you know, that um, the film with Natalie Portman, and there's that whole world of random stuff in a dome that's kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love that film, yeah. Annihilation. That's yeah. it, yeah. Something like that. So basically, this thing's leaking and basically transforming everything around it. Or even the rock goes over and sniffs what he's cooking. And then he gets, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, just, and also, like, they had this whole thing about, like, George and this new gorilla in there, and it was Sanctuary. What happened, what would have happened if the young gorilla had a go? Would they have to fight about, you know? Um, you know, there were so many things that were lined up that could have happened that didn't. Um, but anyway, if you're expecting some sort of really cranial thing from this film, it's the wrong thing. <laughs> um, yeah. They, um, in terms of the, I think we said we'd talk about the science bit, where they mentioned, they mentioned CRISPR, which is a real thing. Yeah, um, I mean, it's meant for humans, though. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's kind of this idea that you can just gene edit things and they can stay, they'll stay alive while it's happening. It's good as a sort of cinematic trope, but I doubt, you know, you can't really add some bloody cuttlefish DNA into a human being and then you're just, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I think I've, I, I was reading, like, they've been trying to do it to cure, like, hereditary illnesses and stuff, like blindness and whatever, um, or, like, uh, things like, you know, stuff to do with... I don't know, various parts of the anatomy like that are real. Um, yeah. But so far they've not really had much success with it. But luckily people haven't died. But a previous gene therapy thing, people have died. So it seems like it seems like if you're gonna replace gene like as far as I understand it, I'm I'm no I'm no geneticist, obviously. Um <laughs> you wouldn't be on this so, podcast. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, as far as I understand it, genes kind of explain how a cell creates itself. So yeah, obviously then once a cell's been created, you can't really go back to it and change it once it's happened. It's like it'd be like trying to apply a different set of instructions to a flat pack and try to build a bed out of it instead of a wardrobe. You know, it's already a wardrobe. Then maybe if you take those instructions to the same set of planks then you can reshape it into something else so yeah it's probably you can't really just inject genes into someone and they'll change what's already there maybe maybe you could add a third arm on or something i don't know but yeah because it, it could be um along the lines of you know because i think we replace our hair every such and such isn't it you know all them bits are replaced yeah that's so, true so it could be something on the lines of, you know, once the code's been changed, then when, as you replace it, you know, the new version will come out. But, I mean, maybe they could have it so that it triggers a growth or a mutation or whatever. But it just seems a bit kind of, um, yeah, it's kind of a sci-fi version of something that's probably a lot slower and less hardcore in real life or less, you know, less possibilities in real life. Yeah, I mean, you hear about genetically modified um, crops and stuff. I'm not massively familiar with how exactly they do that. Like, I'm, you know, that's been around since the 70s, which I'm pretty sure they didn't have all the technology to do that. Then I don't know if it's just in specific. I don't know how they've done that, but uh, essentially, that's, that's how you that's how you get grapes without seeds and stuff. But that's uh, just so that, that's just eugenics, isn't it? They just breed grapes together until they get the right ones or ones without seeds how the hell do you grow it without seed i don't know but they must have like yeah. half the bush of seeds and half don't or i don't know um but yeah so it's, like, alive, yeah. So it's the same way that we've got like domestic dogs and things it's all about breeding um, yeah and then you, then you get the pugs which can't breathe properly because they, they've got squashed up noses exactly yeah so you know in that regard it's not that kind of genetic engineering it's, it's more you know going in and changing genes while something's alive but yeah I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's another one of those things where, like I mentioned Cronenberg earlier, it's kind of like one of those movie tropes about, oh, yeah, just get some weird toxin and then you know, change into whatever. Um, I mean, it worked for this film. I mean, it could have been, you know, you could have had a more cranial version of this film. And I don't think I've enjoyed it as much. So in a way, <laughs> in, a, in a way, this this was actually it was the film I deserved and I needed. Uh, oh, well, that's that's always good then, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't having any big conv- thoughts about death or anything like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. way our, the way our choices manifest themselves, do you want to have loads of big thoughts about death or do you want to end up thinking about genetically modified tomatoes? Yeah. Or do you want to watch giant monkeys and the rock punch things? Uh, yeah, well, and shoot yeah. things. yeah. That's but, probably more the point in this film, isn't it? Yeah. yeah but you know it's weird in the trailer I, I you know you mentioned CRISPR just then like it's weird that this thing was man-made because originally I thought it was just a meteorite or something from the trailer um so it's kind of that would have kind of made a bit more sense to me but then they couldn't have had the human antagonists uh, yeah of course so, yeah but, uh, oh, they, they didn't need the human antagonists no yeah it's it, yeah I mean it could have just been the army and the rock versus giant monsters and yeah I mean, as a so, I mean, just back on the genes. As a computer programmer, um, you know, I deal with code. Well, I'm not really a computer programmer. That's like ten percent of my job. But um, as uh, that's not to say I work really hard. By the way, it just happens that I do other stuff and I only do a little bit of computer programming. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's um, 
kind of like if you're going to look for code yeah the universe has to have rules that stuff is based on and therefore you know as cells reproduce there has to be there's obviously some ways that these things are based on so and i think crispr is obviously the first step in that you know unlocking the language and stuff um so i think maybe one day we will, we will be able to in it, i don't think it will get to the point of changing living beings but i think it's very much more like test tube life we could well end up with something like this one day once we understand genes you know as long as the as long as the planet doesn't burn up uh, before then or we get hit by a meteorite or get wiped out by a virus or whatever yeah, yeah i mean to be fair, Elon Musk is already saying that, like, if we want, we want people to go and live on Mars, they've got to be genetically engineered to live there anyway. Yeah, so, you know, it's already on people's minds that this is kind of the future. And I think there are—I don't know if you read—I read somewhere that there's going to be the city built in uh, sort of UAE or one of those sort of places, and it's going to be like the city of the future, and um, it's going to be like you know drones everywhere, flying cars, whatever. Literally, like what you'd imagine a futuristic city to be. And well, Code Eight, of course, was the city of the future, wasn't it? The the city in that film. Yeah, but this is proper. This is literally going to be made. Um, but part of that is they're going to have a genetic engineering clinic for parents. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Eliminate yes. sickle cell and all that, and diabetes and whatever, all the genetic stuff. Yeah, but it's it's so that's already happening. This is kind of something that's going to be happening in the UAE, you know, in the near future. So it's kind of you know. I don't think CRISPR's quite there yet in terms of what it can deliver based on, you know, what people are expecting it to. But maybe, like you say, it, it will eventually. Um, like you could choose your baby's eye colour. You can choose your baby's, I don't know, uh, predisposition. You can choose your baby's genetic. I mean, I don't know whether people would want that. It's kind of, it just seems, I mean, everyone would want something, wouldn't they? But it just seems a bit like, you know, with my whole thing about suicide in the rant for the last one, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, you're given what the cards draw, you know, for you to then be like, oh, no, I want to change something. Or even on yourself, like say you had the option to inject yourself with some super serum and you become pumped and you become, you know, your hair grows back or whatever. You know, that's not you then. It's kind of, it's a, it's the same as, um, what's it called? Cosmetic surgery and stuff. It's, it's, it's not you. I mean, for someone that's not religious, I'm kind of the most... Um, <laughs> What's the thing about your pure of body, pure of whatever? You know, I'm one of those. I'm kind of you are what you are. Uh, well, it's, it's the it's triggers handle from triggers broom from for only fools and horses, isn't it? Where he's had the same broom for thirty years and he's changed the head five times and the handle seven times or something. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> are you still going to be you when uh, you've genetically changed yourself to such a degree that people don't realise anymore? You know, you, you don't even realise. Um, yeah, this, this yeah, I mean, that, that gets super metaphysical when you start thinking about where does your consciousness actually reside. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, this mega city in Saudi Arabia is called Neom. Neom. Um, Neom, Neom. Yeah. So, if, no, it's just <laughs> Neom once, but I, I just, yeah. But, yeah, so if anyone wants to Google that afterwards, they can. I mean, it's a bit worrying that it's, sorry, I think you said it was based in the UAE, and UAE is kind of essentially very much a rich elite built on the backs of um immigrant uh, effectively slave workers um so yeah slightly worrying that, that, that they're building the city of the future um yeah yeah well i mean what can you do yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah we can't exactly stop them if that's what they want to do yeah yeah um, or we could we could maybe stop sending them weapons and stuff but yeah that might and, be a stop anyway just getting super, yeah. super political that is apologies everyone but, yeah, yeah. That's not what you're here for. You're here to talk about a giant monkey. 
uh, gorilla. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was our next thing was comparison to other creature features. So uh, you mentioned. So, go on. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk. I mean, I'll talk about previous ones I've watched. I, I did like the King Kong uh, films, the Peter Jack, Peter Jackson ones. Um, but they, that, that was kind of um, more just a. And yeah, I like I like the um, Matthew Broderick Godzilla one as well. I think those are the only real ones I've watched in recent years. I never I could never get into the proper old school forties or fifties ones. You know, Godzilla just a man running around in a rubber suit against you know model village. Um, but yeah, you know, I know there's people out there who absolutely love those ones. Lap them up. Um, I don't know if you if you if you consider yourself one of those people or. No, no, definitely not. I mean, okay. I, I watched this. I watched this for the rock, not um, giant gorillas. I mean, you know, like this is there's this whole bunch of people that were like so excited about the new Godzilla film coming out and the possibility of Godzilla crossing over King Kong, and, and I'm just like, really? Does it, it does it really matter? It's not real. It's kind of um, you know, it's entertaining for what it is, but it's not really that entertaining. Um, yeah, but, I, I mean. I, I, I don't know if maybe it's because as the villains, you, you kind of they they're not that villainous. They're just animals doing what animals do. Whereas for me, I, I like I like my heroes to be up against something kind of tangible and real, and you can understand where their motivations are, and it also almost makes them cleverer. If you see what I mean, I don't know. So it's like the way that you actually ended up killing both the um both the wolf and the uh, and the alligator type thing or shark or whatever it was, um kind of ended up being just very much oh you're a dumb animal I'll fool you very easily. Oh. Yeah, I mean that was my my frustration with this. I mean, I'll go back to animal features in a second because there's a few others. Uh, but the the fact that you know it's you know you had the army there with tanks and missiles and helicopters and bloody great big bombs. You know they're used to killing things. Killing things is their job. You know if these creatures were of them, basically what I don't like about gods and all that stuff is just that they are unstoppable killing machines that cannot be stopped because they're so powerful and they're so bulletproof and all that stuff. This is like, surely, you know, that's why like starship troopers, you watch that, you've got thousands of bugs. Oh yeah. 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 But basically that is more realistic. You've got an evil animal intact. Oh, Jurassic, I mean, the Jurassic Park films are stupid because people could shoot them, but they choose not to because Disney think or whoever think that the dinosaurs are the star, you know, but it's kind of, you know, if there's a living thing that you can kill with bullets and missiles and guns, then show it being killed to that. You know, don't make it so overpowered that the only way you're going to stop it is having a giant gorilla on your side to impale it. It's kind yeah. of, um, you know, that just becomes a bit unrealistic. It's kind of, it kind of jumps to shark for me. And it's kind of like, well, it's not as, not as fun anymore. Uh, I, I, I don't know, that gets a bit, that's a bit weird. But, you know, that's, you know, if you're going to have something like that, make it so that they're kind of, it's a realistic type thing. I think anything that tips over that edge just isn't very fun for me. Um, but yeah. I think yeah, I think for for anything that needs to that I need to suspend my disbelief. Obviously, you need to suspend your disbelief for these films; it's ridiculous. But for something that needs makes me do that, I need to have a pretty serious secondary reason to watch the film. Like I'm interested in the concepts, and I just feel like the whole creature feature thing is just too much of a basic concept for me to be interested. You know, I wouldn't really want to watch a film about an earthquake destroying a city, and to me, it's kind of like a similar kind of thing. It's just a natural yeah. disaster almost. Yeah, exactly. It's an actual disaster. It's not uh, man versus this giant killer thing because yeah. the man is not a competitor really until the rock comes along. Anyway, but you mentioned Matthew Broderick earlier, and yeah. uh, there's this film called Project X from the eighties. Okay. Matthew, Matthew Broderick teaches. Well, he knows sign language and is a chimpanzee in a secret government project that also knows sign language because he it was a ch chimpanzee from a research student, and uh, he he talks to it. 
And that sort of reminded me of this film in a sense that, you know, there's a man-ape relationship. And in this film, the chimpanzee has been trained to fly planes um, so they can stick it in a simulator, then simulate a nuclear attack to see what would happen to the chimpanzee. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's quite twisted, really. Um, well, was, are we saying that Matthew Broderick was the 80s version of Dwayne Johnson? That's quite a statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that. It was just kind of, there's another chimpanzee sign language film out yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then there's, um, but yeah, I, I think I like those whole, you know, then I like that element of it, that whole human relationship with the chip and the gorilla. And I'm, it's a shame yeah. that wasn't explored more. Uh, you know, the other ones, you know, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, sort of smart gorillas and whatever, and chimpanzees. Um, you know, that sort of side of it was quite good. But the giant killer monster things, not so much. Um, I think the only one I really liked was like, did I like it? Deep Blue Sea with the giant shark and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, right. um, I've seen that. Yeah, but I think that's better because it's kind of in an enclosed environment and it's kind of, it's more of a them versus, you know, they're trapped in an underwater station and the shark's harassing them. So it's less about, oh, it's going to destroy towns and all oh, run while you still can. And it wasn't like a massive giant shark, was it? It was just, you know, relatively, a feasibly normally sized shark, right? Uh, it's not like the Meg size, which is the Jason. Yeah, Staten. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah maybe bigger both. Than, bigger than Jaws. Oh, yeah, like three or four times the size of Jaws. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, or maybe twice. I don't know. But anyway, it's quite big. On the cusp, then. On, On the, the cusp, cusp of believability. Yeah, but um, I don't know. So, anyway, creature features not our not our bag. This was an entertaining enough diversion from the more cranial films, but we wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we uh, we wouldn't watch any of our films again. I don't think we'd listen to the podcasts again. But <laughs> yeah, but, so um, Dwayne Johnson, uh, next president of the United States. Well, after maybe in maybe the next next one, maybe there's always rumours about him having political ambitions. Really? I mean, yeah. I, yeah I mean, I'd vote for him just because. I mean, why not? You know, he's better than what we've got in a moment. What they've got in a moment. Um, yeah. And I don't think he'd be a complete, uh, you know, he'd be, he'd be good. I mean, he's better than Kanye, who also has been ex- expressed <laughs> political ambitions. Um, yeah. yeah. He's, he's arguably the most charismatic man on the planet at the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So if he can't it's be president. Awesome. Yeah. And I think, yeah. well, I don't know. I suppose it depends on what kind of convictions he's got. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's all for all the good things, apple pie and all that, motherhood and apple pie. Um, but, you know, whether that's enough, I don't know. But I think because he, he grew up and he was quite shy and timid and sort of stuff. And it was only once he started doing the bodybuilding and the wrestling that he actually came out of his shell. So he's, he's basically lived both sides. He's basically been the geek that kind of no one paid attention to. And then he's been like the heartthrob. So I think from that perspective, he's probably going to be more, you know, a more well-rounded individual because he knows it oh. from both camps. And of course, he could be following the same footsteps that Arnie did. Obviously, Arnie couldn't make that jump. Obviously, he made it to governor of California, but he couldn't make that jump to president because their constitution doesn't allow uh, people who weren't born in the states to be president. Um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. But yeah, maybe he'll he'll make that next step. He'll follow Arnie's career path as such. I mean, how old is he? he must be forty-five, something like that. Uh, let me have a look on IMDb. Uh... It smell what the rock is cooking. Dwayne Johnson, seventy-two, so forty-eight. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's still got loads of time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, 
Well, you heard it here first, guys. I mean, we all back the rock for 2024. <laughs> uh, well, that'll be foreign influence, of course. So we shouldn't do that, even though it's okay. <laughs> it's okay for, well, oh, I'm going to get political again. Uh, yeah, no, foreign influence is frowned upon in America, apparently, some yeah. might say. <laughs> Apart from when they send the CIA to topple other regimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, that was one, one small thing on this. Wasn't it funny how The Rock just happened to be whatever he needed to be for this film? So, you know, not only is he a wildlife expert, but he's a former special service person. He's a former panic poacher. Per- it's kind of like he, he's, he seems like one of the characters from the action thriller adventure books I read. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this week we need him to do over to do that. Oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah. In it's kind it's, of just yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's he's just the he's just the all over action hero, isn't he? Oh. Yeah, but but also they just made him so not like a Mary Sue, but like it's kind of like you know yeah, yeah, yeah he can do that. Yeah, he can fly a helicopter. He can just shoot guns. He can, you know, he understands animal behaviours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he's, he's, I heard he's got he always has a contract it clause into his contract that he's never allowed to lose a fight ever in any film he's in. Um, but so does Jason Statham, and that's why they always have like these fights in the fast and furious series that always just ends in a stalemate yeah which is why it's so epic uh, yeah <laughs> have you seen um hobbs and shaw no i haven't <laughs> uh, yeah you should watch it it's awesome i mean oh, not okay. me- i mean I-, I like it because i like them sort of dumb macho films but i think um yeah other people want something more cranial um, i kind of feel like i want to watch all the fast and furious films because people do say they are actually deeper than they appear on the surface so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I just watched that one because it. I just watched that one because it had those two in it, and like I think they're both good leading men. So yeah. you know, in that sort of action man macho franchise thing. But yeah, now that you've mentioned that, I'm thinking of several scenes in that film where yeah, like literally neither of them lose. It's kind yeah. of like just they just beat each other into submission and then they just carry on. It's like in yeah. um, Marvel versus DC when they did that crossover. They had Superman versus the Hulk. And uh, basically, the only reason Superman won was because he, he buried the Hulk under rubble. But it was obvious that Hulk could have kept going. Uh, yeah, he yeah. Was still, yeah so it's kind of that. We don't want either of our strongest players to be shown to be weak. Uh, but yeah, you should definitely check that film out if you get five minutes or two hours to watch it. Um, we'll do. Yeah. yeah, we won't do that for our next one. though. Maybe you can pick something a bit more cranial. I'll check it out. I'll see, I'll see what we've got. Um, yeah, we'll let, we'll let it run now. But yeah, I think is it time to prorogue this bad boy? Uh, yeah. Um, good, uh, good commuting time, even though no one's commuting at the moment. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can spend an hour and a half, well, an hour listening to this whilst doing your work instead. Uh, it's even more yeah. productive use of your time. <laughs> um. Cool. All right, well, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Stu. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, check out Facebook, Instagram, the usual. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, catch you next time on the next episode of Geek Bites. At least we didn't make you watch The Scorpion King. <laughs> I like that one.